welcome to ICB's Travel Hero podcast. I'm your host, Charlotte Lamp-Davies, with management consultancy, A Bright Approach. Today, we are delighted to welcome Pavel Schubert, who is co-founder of East Meets West, which is a network of LGBTQ plus professionals and their allies from mainly Central and Eastern Europe. Today's podcast is titled LGBTQ plus tourism in Eastern Europe and how to get involved. And I'm very much looking forward to hearing from Pavel, who's been engaged with the LGBTQ plus agenda for many, many years. So welcome, Pavel, to today's Travel Hero podcast. Hello, and uh, I mean, thank you very much for having me. Thank you for the invitation. And uh, I feel privileged to be talking to you and uh, to be featured at the ITB's uh, Hero podcast. It's wonderful to have you here. ITB Berlin is indeed the leading international travel trade show for LGBTQ plus tourism. And ITB Berlin has also been debating these issues impacting this diverse group of travelers and individuals. And we are still working very closely with destinations, associations, as well as both private and public players to raise awareness for this community. And so ICB Berlin is also supporting human rights in tourism and embraces any debate which will really address critical questions and issues. So Pavel, it is our pleasure to have you here today. Shall we get to it? I think if you tell us a little bit about yourself and very importantly, the role of East meets West, then I think we're off to a great start. Yeah, sure. I think it's important that uh, people understand uh, who am I and uh, who am I in the context of LGBTIQ? Uh, so, uh, as, as you heard, uh, my name is Pavel Schubert, and uh, it was a great pronunciation, I have to say. So, maybe the, the audience will also uh, understand that uh, my heritage is uh, in the Central Eastern Europe, so it's, I'm coming from, from Czech Republic. Uh, but the last 19 years, uh, I live in Austrian capital, Vienna, which I think, when it comes to tourism, uh, has won again this year for the number one place or the place of, of living. Uh, East meets West, uh, it is an organization which uh, I, together with Ludo Swinnen, uh, co-founded back in 2013. So we are now celebrating our 10th anniversary. And uh, as you said, it's, it's a network. It's a network of LGBTIQ professionals from Central and Eastern Europe, mostly Central and Eastern Europe. And uh, the reason why actually if, uh, we created such an organization and you have to understand we started from really zero. We, we basically had nothing, we just had one, one simple idea. And the idea was to give CE region a voice, to give them voice, to, to show what's really happening, but not only this, but also to connect people, to, to bring people together, to give them inspiration, to give them exposure, because we know that such a things very much, uh, very much work. And uh, when it comes to East Meets West, there is one fundamental belief which me and Ludo are sharing, and this is actually somehow inside uh, of, the, of East Meets West, so it's the DNA of East Meets West. We believe in role models. So it is about inspiration, it is about exposure, which then, if you combine these two, helps uh, to overcome any challenges, and especially when it comes to, when it comes to growth. And uh, maybe one more kind of uh, mention I have to do about so Central Eastern Europe. Of course, I, I come from the region. So I was born in Czech Republic. I've traveled most of my uh, professional life throughout uh, the CEE. 
but uh, still up to now, I mean, we many times uh, are hearing uh, about CEE in the, in context of oh, there are so many issues, and uh, we need we need help, we need support, and this is all kind of. I think wrongly framed because at the end of the day, it's not about uh, solidarity. Uh, it's about LGBT rights to be the human rights. And second, uh, LGBTIQ people are simply part of the society, part of the economy, and uh, they also have their economical contribution. Yeah. So this is super important for us. Uh, what we do for, besides basically running the network, bringing people together, it's also our annual conferences. The last one was in June this year. It was in Vienna again. And uh, for the second time in a row, we featured LGBTIQ tourism in a dedicated panel. I think uh, when I have read uh, about the organization and you were, you were referring to the fact, you know, in terms of actually creating partnerships and creating also an understanding of, of what really needs to be discussed, um, which, which brings me sort of onto maybe my, my second question. If we were to set the scene and pull, you know, again, put LGBTQ tourism in context from both a Central and an Eastern European perspective. What's, in your opinion, been going on as of late and how are we seeing some of the developments transferring maybe to, to Eastern Europe, where unfortunately still we get more of the negative press? Sure. I mean, I mean we are now in the, in the middle of Pride season, so everything is, is, is very bright. Uh, there are so many colors. Uh, I mean, on June 17th, we had the Vienna Pride, so that was one day after, after our conference. Uh, and I think we welcomed here in the city around 300,000 visitors. So 300,000 were marching, which is quite significant pride. And uh, I was actually calling uh, the days before and the week before uh, that there was a rainbow explosion. And it was really like this. You had a feeling that, wow, everything is just perfect. Also in Austria, not only the mountains are beautiful and the meadows are super nice and green and everything is, is just wonderful, but it's also the whole situation around uh, LGBTIQ+. But uh, the reality is also a little different. So it's, besides this, well, actually, at the same time, if you have this explosion of, uh, of, of a rainbow and everything is painted rainbow, logos are painted rainbow, it does not mean that, uh, that everything is done well. And, and that also the Austrian community is not facing any challenges. In reality, there is still at least one thing uh, where if, uh, people from the community can be discriminated uh, uh, when in, in services. So for example, you can be still denied taking a Uber if the driver decides that not, uh, not to welcome a gay uh, couple, for example. Mm -hmm. It's the same thing with renting an apartment or yes. I don't know, like uh, even, even accommodation. So, even here, besides the explosion, there's still still this thing. And, and then, of course, I mean, not only June is the Pride Month in CEE region, because many of the different Prides are also in July. And some of them, I think September is the, uh, is the month for, uh, for, Ser for Serbia. Uh, so it's, it's across uh, the different, uh, different months. Last week there was a Bratislava Pride, uh, so that's in the Slovak capital uh, the week before. There was one in, in Budapest, uh, in Hungary. What I have to say is that what works recently very well is that uh, these neighboring countries, people are interested in what's happening and people are even going to, to the Pride. I had a few calls and few few messages from my friends here in Vienna, Austria, that uh, they will be traveling to Bratislava. 
It's yeah. only one hour, uh, one hour to travel. And I think this is important that uh, that uh, there is this this curiosity and there is also a support which comes uh, with attending uh, such a, such a events. At the same time, I was wondering. So we have this season of pride, but now the bigger question, big question is like, what else than a pride season, right? Because in the pride classes, uh, pride season classes, everything seems to be fine, but the rest is somehow uh, almost like uncharted uh, territory. And I was wondering if, uh, I don't know, there are 180 million inhabitants in Central Eastern Europe. And if you take maybe just like 6% uh, proxy, and it's this very, very low proxy, yeah. then we end up at like 10, 11 million LGBTQ plus people. So what else is there for them to, to be offered in the region when it comes to, when it comes to tourism? And second thought, what I have is like, okay, so if, uh, if, the, if the yearly travel spend uh, of the community is what, maybe 100 billion uh, US dollars, then what could be the share of CE region mm. uh, in this? And I think here we really need to start thinking about maybe what are the good examples, what can be somehow brought from, uh, from, uh, from, I don't know, Western countries or maybe less Western countries. I was thinking about... Uh, Vienna. Vienna has this kind of already kind of established uh, welcoming, LGBT welcoming uh, for, uh, for aspect in, in, in also uh, the tourism strategy. And when you, when you look at, uh, so what makes it basically when it comes to the, the whole strategy, what are the key points? It's about culture. So it's, it's this whole imperial heritage of, of Austria and Vienna. It's about green city, so healthy city, a city where somebody wants to really live in. It's also the whole romantic aspect uh, which comes with this. So I think these things can help to, to maybe think about, okay, so how can we, how can we address LGBT tourism beyond uh, the, the, the pride season? So, and many times people are f forgetting that, uh, that gay people are not living in, in gay bars, right? So we have, all of us have, have different, uh, I don't know, interests, we have different needs. So even if we talk about LGBTQ plus as a niche, there are still then, then sub-segments uh, of uh, like inside. So maybe there are people who like more sports, there are more people who like more uh, less active life, more, more culture life, right? So I think this needs to be taken into consideration. Mm. I that some some super valid points. I think um, what what you were saying around uh, Pride months taking place in different months in different parts of the world. I, I kind of think that partly obviously helps us to 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 be engaged with 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 the topic, right? And with that particular community. I've, I myself live in London, and I've also been out and about, you know, with my friends, and it has been actually just. It's been a very, very positive summer. Could be my own mindset. We all have more positive summers than others, but I have really had a sense, you know, that a lot of my friends, not necessarily from the LGBTQ community, have come together to support their friends who are from that community. And I think this is, again, we also see the next generations they just take it all in their stride. They're not questioning anything. I look at my own children, the ages of 23 and 20. They know what everything means. They know what all their friends are and what kind of groups that their friends belong to. But they're all still coming together as a unit. 
they're united. And this is what I see very much from my, from my children's generation. And it gives me huge hope uh, and optimism. Uh, you know, in terms of how we keep pushing this agenda and it just becomes something we just talk about, like we talk about everything else. It doesn't have to be talked about only, it's just something else that we actually talk about. And I think that relates very well to what you're saying. We need to keep this in the agenda, but just has to become a natural thing. Just has to be sort of put up on a pedestal just because you happen to be in this community. Uh, we have to speak extra about it. No, it just has to be a natural thing. So maybe that's the evolution and our children and their children will make this happen. This is my hope anyway. Um, so I hope that that mirrors, mirrors your hope. I'm sure it does. I, I think though, Pavel, it is important that we maybe talk a little bit about how the media sometimes portrays also the, tra the treatment of, of the traveling LGBTQ plus community. We were talking about people having maybe uh, problems booking hotels or booking it. And when they turn up, there's an issue, for example. So we can be a little bit overwhelmed by this, but. Maybe can you shed some light on what's of real concern to you being on the inside of the community and what's exaggerated and, and you know, and how do we address this? Because the, it, it's not all gloom and doom. We know this. It's really not. But often the media likes to, to, to kind of, you know, a negative story gets a bit more press than a good one. We all know this. Uh, and what you said, uh, Charlotte, it, it, it's actually something what, uh, what worries me. Is that uh, I mean this whole how media are portraying uh, LGBTQ plus uh, situations, and not only when it comes to traveling, right? So basically, the way how we so so if somebody is not living in the country and uh, for example hears about Hungary and LGBTQ plus, then I think the the or Poland, right? So these are immediately for, I would say like negative uh, sentiments, of course, because. You hear it in different news, you hear it uh, on, in, in radio, you read it uh, in the headlines, uh, of course you follow social media. What has been happening uh, in Poland when it comes to so-called LGBT free zones? Uh, so these are, these are regions, uh, cities, uh, which says that uh, we do not welcome LGBTQ people. Uh, and uh, we don't want them to live here. So they are basically pushed away from maybe a, a birth town, so hometown, which, which is uh, insane. In, uh, in Hungary, uh, I mean, many people also remembered uh, uh, the whole legislation when it comes to speaking out publicly about LGBTIQ. So if, uh, in front of minors, uh, this is currently if, uh, not possible. Mm -hmm. So there are all of these kind of things which are, I think, which we are picking up, right? And suddenly when it comes to travel, and then we would be deciding, so okay, where do I travel? Do I, do I go for, do I go to Hungary for, uh, for, I don't know, for a week or two weeks of, uh, of vacation? And being a gay person, then of course you relate to everything what, uh, what you heard. So here I'm afraid that this is how, how media are portraying it is not helping. So. Uh, I think there is definitely a role, and we can maybe talk about the roles of tourism in this context, uh, yes. on, on how to change it and how to maybe put it uh, in the right uh, right frame. Because the situation, for example, in Poland, and maybe not everybody will know, is that it is changing, but it is changing yeah. not slowly, but it is dramatically changing with involvement of businesses, with involvement of various different organizations. Uh, I was personally in uh, in 2021 on 
on the Pride March in, in Poland, in Warsaw. And honestly, I was... First of all, I didn't know what to, what to expect, but my first expectation would be like, oh, this will be a tough thing. It was a brilliant experience. There were so many uh, great people in the city. I, never, I, I didn't experience any single, basically, for sense of non-inclusion or violence. And when you will be talking to different people throughout the region, they will be telling you similar things, right? So even in Hungary, I mean, we had on our last conference, Scholt, who is uh, one of the proud business owners uh, who is doing things when it comes to travel in this non non really uh, super inclusive country like Hungary is mm. that he runs um, he runs uh, Pink Budapest uh, which is uh, uh, which is uh, which is a program so tourism program towards LGBTQ plus community and he would be saying himself that actually to go in the streets of Budapest is super safe. I mean, he never experienced any uh, any violence. Of course, it can get to certain uh, difficult situations, and it can also be different when you are moving from I don't know the capital city into rural places. But uh, let's face it; it might be also similar in uh, in uh, in other countries. And I mean, maybe yeah, yeah maybe one more thought here because I think really we kind of we keep in our minds uh, this kind of negative experiences or something which kind of caught our attention and obviously this uh, how, how media uh, uh, talks about uh, even the pride parades because they always pick up the, the most uh, most uh, visually interesting uh, expressions right so i was thinking about back in 2013 barilla got in in trouble and they got in in a, in a really uh, trouble when it comes to consumers from the LGBTQ plus community, when they heard how the CEO was talking about uh, traditional values and, uh, and basically Barilla to be for the, for the traditional families, there was a quite significant decline of the revenues of Barilla because the community and their allies uh, started to boycott. This was back in 2013. In the meantime, uh, and I've been talking to many different representatives uh, of the company, company turn themselves upside down when it comes to inclusion. It's not only the workplace, it's also about engaging with different suppliers, uh, doing things with the communities. So really they have progressed so much, but still until today you would find people who if you would say this this, this brand, then they would immediately, the first thing that would come to their mind is like, oh, but they, they are the, 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 the against, which is not the case anymore. Exactly. So the question is like, how do we make, how do we actually turn this? Maybe the tourism can be a vehicle on of how to how to look at things more positively. Yeah, and I, I mean, I just wanted to add that uh, the, a certain types of media's, media's agenda is, is just very unhealthy. It's not just, shall we just say, the LGBTQ community thereafter. It's a certain type of media. We don't need to name them here. Name and shame would be another podcast. Maybe we'll do that at some point. But it's obviously the same type of media in every country that, that steers that particular agenda. And all I have to say about it, we all as individuals do have a voice, right? It, we can also stop buying certain types of media but maybe that's getting just a fraction too political. All I'm saying is 
the type of media that has this negative connotation in mind, they also um, unfortunately uh, get involved with a lot of other things which many of us would, would not want to be involved with. But I think one of the things that we should turn to is actually talk about the role of tourism. You mentioned it, you know, when it comes to social acceptance of the LGBTQ plus community, because how can tourism, well, in your opinion, how can tourism actually help, if that's the right word, towards increasing the social acceptance for, for the community that we're talking about today. Do you have any examples or any ideas? Then now is the time to give them to us, Pavel. Sure, sure. I mean, I was thinking that um, tourism can, can set the positive example for, for other industries, right? Because tourism is something what we all know, it's somehow embedded so much in our lives. This this basically, whether it is inland tourism of, uh, or international tourism, so something what, what basically everybody understands. So, so setting a positive example when it comes to in being included, so inclusiveness uh, when it comes to travel, when it comes to hospitality, I think this could be one where really tourism can, can play kind of the, the front runner, right? To be the, to be the educator. I think this is one. Uh, second, what I could think of is, is this whole framing. So when it comes to communication and tourism-related communication, it can be well-framed, right? So it can be framed in the right and the correct way. And I think this could also be something something good. Visibility, I mean, it can help the, the, the community. So we talk about LGBTQ+. If, it can help to basically be visible in the in the right form, right? As we said before, I mean, it's like maybe there is a certain only a fraction what is what is getting into the different media. So it needs to be expanded because then yeah. it raises also the curiosity to learn. And for me, always this curiosity, learning, learning about other cultures. This is for me something very much connected uh, to to tourism. Learning about other cultures, learning about other people, just yeah. learning, just picking up. I think from an imagery perspective, I think of all the travel websites that are out there, so many, many, many travel organizations could do so much better, just in terms of the imagery that they portray themselves through on their websites, for example. Just be more inclusive. There are loads and loads of different types of families, you know, coming together all over the world, and that's one area. And of course, as you say, communication, that's a, that's a really, really big big part of it as well. I, I, I wanted sort of getting very practical towards the end as well and asking you that if somebody really wants to be active in the LGBTQ plus community, particularly maybe in Eastern Europe, you know, what steps should they take in your opinion? And are there any low hanging fruits of advice as, as somebody would say? I mean, what role does East meets West play here and how can you guys help? So when I, when I, when I think about the tourism, so now specifically LGBTQ plus tourism and, uh, and Central and Eastern Europe, and, 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 and this, this entrepreneurship. So if somebody wants to really kind of start, or, or I think it's very much about the attitude and the attitude for me must be a patience and consistency. But we also saw too many organizations, too many companies or individuals who got demotivated uh, and uh, somehow they got off too early and okay. of course i mean all successes comes with uh, i don't know some some rejections and uh, mm. people definitely feel, feel this kind of okay i mean 
Do I really? Yes. If you want to go this, this path, you really need to be patient. You really need to start even repeating same things to same people. Uh, I'm still having in my mind uh, when we had uh, Thomas Bemke uh, from ITB at our last conference. He said that uh, even if the 10 times you are you are rejected uh, talking to mm -hmm. somebody, then it will be the 11th time where you will hear yes. And this is basically the, the, the what we are talking about. And it wasn't different, uh, I think, in, uh, in in Western Europe. But to get practical uh, and, and, and not to just uh, high-level talk, I think most important is to start, right? Just like you have the idea, simply start. You have to start building... Uh, a network this can be very very small right you don't yeah. need to have hundreds but you simply definitely have somebody in your current network which uh, is uh, is supported so bring these people together uh, if you if you if you lack this 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 network you simply if, uh, go and uh, look at uh, various different sources so you need to do your homework when it comes to like, building this but also you just visit ITV I think it's a perfect <laughs> location where within few days uh, you get so many experts uh, at, the, at, at basically at the hand of course start also talk to talking to uh, talking to the different uh, tourist boards but here the reality is, is that uh, most of the time maybe you will not hear back right yeah. you will be rejected so this is one of the one of the kind of uh, the chapters that yes you have to be consistent you have to go there uh, another time another time and uh, definitely if, uh, once you will also show a certain credibility and you will maybe show some examples of what have you been achieving already suddenly it will click and uh, they will say yes important is for me as an advice be authentic. And yeah. Charlotte, you were talking about it uh, when it comes to uh, the different visual language, right? So on the different websites. I think here we really need to be, to, to be careful because to be authentic and to also show it the authentic way is super important. The community is very knowledgeable. In the meantime, we would basically spot any kind of, uh, I don't know, just 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 a glimpse of of pinkwashing or something which yeah. does not come from uh, from the company so try to avoid any stock images just use really the local images use what what really fits the the environment and uh, i mean east meets west uh, i can think of three things uh, how how we can uh, how we can uh, help on this on this journey Whoever is at the beginning of this journey, then uh, please go to www.ismeetswest.eu. You will see our conferences and you will also have all of the recordings. So every conference is now recorded. Uh, as I said, we have already twice uh, this, this LGBTQ plus tourism panel. And there are great insights. On the first year, we were talking about overall, so high level what is what, is, what are the needs uh, what are maybe the specifics uh, of the uh, of this uh, market what are the financials behind it right so how much how much mm. is out there uh, this year in vienna we were more specific so we were taking example from from italy from germany and from, from hungary so different this is definitely a kind of low-hanging fruit you just need yeah. i think 50 minutes of your time and uh, you will listen to to the conversation two times 50 minutes actually <laughs> number two number two can be simply contact us 
talk to us, use us as a resource because we can bring you in touch with so many different professionals, being it directly from the industry, from hospitality, from tourism, or to different organizations. And at the end, you also need to speak the, the kind of the local context, context language. So something what, uh, what definitely we can help you with. So this could be a kind of, uh, from us, uh, a jump start. And the last thing what I would mention is that East Meets West uh, is a co-founder of EGLCC. EGLCC is the European LGBT Chamber of Commerce and uh, here it's about uh, any LGBT owned business whether mm. it is a, for, I don't know self-standing which means the, the self-employed person like entrepreneur or whether it is a, it is already an agency can come and uh, register so the qualifier is that it needs to be in LGBTIQ hands which means that the ownership must be for uh, one or more LGBTQ plus people joining EGLCC means tapping on even more new connections and more yeah. business opportunities. And here it's very simple. It's eglcc.eu. You sign up and uh, you get uh, you get through a certain process. And this this all is kind of opening uh, the doors. It will not. Yeah. It will not basically make the. Uh, it, it, it will not change immediately. But we can help you on the journey, and we can open you a few doors. I love it, Pavel. It is. It's, it's tangible, it's tangible advice. And you've given uh, our audience a place to go. You've given them ideas and you have highlighted the area of authenticity. Let's make sure that we, that we say that loud and proud as it were, because what we don't want is uh, people just pretending to understand what needs to be done. We want people to know it to feel it, to learn it, and to deliver what they need to deliver for a global audience, whatever category they find themselves in, whatever they prefer to be called. Just we need to be open and we need to actually get that message across more than anything. So I think make sure that you come to this party with authenticity. How about that for a headline? I quite like that. <laughs> Thank you, Pavel. I think uh, very. we could carry on for a while. Maybe we'll get a chance next year live at ITB Berlin. But that does bring us to the conclusion of this month's podcast. Um, I hope for our audience that Pavel and I have managed to raise some very, very important questions that really are being taken very seriously by our industry because travel is, after all, for everyone. And Pavel, it has been, and I knew it would be, but it has been an absolute pleasure. You were a true podcast hero. So thanks for all your valuable input and advice. Uh, once again, thank you for the for the invitation. It was really enjoyable. So yeah, I can't wait for the next podcast, to be honest. And uh, definitely, I mean, see you at ITB Berlin 2024. Yes. Yeah, you certainly will. I was going to add that, of course, ITB Berlin will have the LGBTQ plus uh, topic uh, on the agenda next year. And as I said, I hope to speak to Pavel live at the conference. Uh, we certainly hope that the podcast has served as an open invitation to take a closer look at how you can get involved with this beautiful community. I also personally urge you to reach out and connect with Pavel uh, for, for further insight. So it remains for me to say thanks also to our audience for listening. You can indeed find many more Travel Hero podcasts uh, on ITB's website. 
And please don't forget to tune in next month when our podcast will focus on another great community, which is the Gen Z generation. And we're going to have a look at how travel can capture this audience. So till then, thanks again, Pavel. Stay well and stay tuned. Thank you.